going fishing all of the time and my baby going fishing too bet your life your sweet wife she's gonna catch more fish than you singing many fish bites if you got good bait and here's a little tip i'd like to lay well many fish bites if you got good bait i'm a going fishing yes i'm going fishing and my baby going fishing too my waiters froze to the side of my truck last night. They were hung there to air dry because a wave had knocked me down and gotten me good and wet a couple of nights earlier. Such a surfish got dark nights in a good swell. Hi, I'm Bill Sisson, the editor of Angler's Journal, and welcome to our podcast. The season's not over, but you don't have to look too far into the future to know the end is near. I like November in the Northeast when everything starts to shut down. I wrote this column about the end of the season a few years ago, after spending three days fishing Montauk. I hope you enjoy it. Knocking on the door. The storm woke me sometime after midnight, as the gusts shot rain rat-a-tat-tat against Daunt's Albatross Motel. I cracked the door and looked out on a wet street. For a moment, the blast of damp air out of the northeast took the edge off the dry electric heat in the room. With each new peppering on the siding, I could hear the season winding down. Winter was knocking on the door of room 26. I love these little beach towns after the tourists have hightailed at home. Tired, boarded up, forlorn, and lovely in all their windy, lonely emptiness. The hipsters with their small hearts have fled like gilded butterflies. For wherever the next party is raging, good riddance. Just locals and fishermen are left. It's a morning for wool caps and neoprene balaclavas. There is a bite to the wind and the sky is starting to spit. Feels like sleet. Finality hangs in the air. You breathe it in through your nostrils and you feel it sting and burn on your stiff fingers and ears and around your neck. Temperatures in the 30s and there'll be ice on the edge of the ponds in the morning. Rafts of sea ducks roll with the swells a few hundred yards offshore. White caps stretch to Block Island beyond. As darkness gives way to a gray dawn, I spot the first gannets beating to weather, flying fast and low to the water, bits of white on a gloomy morning. Wonderful flyers searching for sea herring, a sign the end is near. But where are the fish? You feel the end of the season most acutely on the outer islands and headlands and beneath the bluffs. Out on the terminal and recessional moraines, those eroding spines left behind when the Laurentide ice sheet ground to a halt some 20,000 years ago and started its slow retreat. Montauk, Block Island, Cape Cod, Martha's Vineyard, Nantucket, and dozens of obscure or decidedly local rocks, points, islands, and reefs whose names have heft when you roll them around in your mouth and say them aloud. We could piece it. We could piece it, a low little hard spot just east of Never Never Land where we found some lovely fish. The end is near and yours is the last car in the parking lot, the last boat in the marina, the last house in the neighborhood with all its leaves still on the ground. There's a skim of window paint ice on the deck of the boat. The batteries are flat and the ramp is starting to ice up on the coldest mornings. Always a cluster flop when you wait this long but you stay a little longer than all the signs suggest you should, just to make sure there's not one more little pulse of fish pushing through. Everything is fleeing. 
winging southwest, heading for deeper water, boring into the mud. The Germans have a word for it, Zuckenrohr. It's the migratory restlessness shown by animals that are prevented from migrating, especially birds. Think of a raptor in a cage. I feel that in my bones. The beach and waters are empty. Too much wind, too many shadows, too little connection with anything living and breathing. The end is the whistle from a night train across the bay near Wickety Quack. The smell of damp old socks, the weird cacophony of yips and howls from a pack of coyotes calling up the moon from somewhere behind the salt marsh. It is a peregrine falcon hanging in the updrafts off the Aquinnah Cliffs and suddenly dropping at astonishing speed to pluck a westbound warbler out of the sky and eat it on the wing. You never see the one that gets you. As the poet Bukowski opined, we keep slaying our small dragons as the big one waits. I remember a freshly caught fish from long ago, laid flat on the seawall at a lighthouse, its big white belly facing the surf. The kid took it on a tin squid with snow falling in big wet flakes, the wind right in his kisser, and him trying to blink the water out of his eyes, the foghorn bellowing. It was the end of it, and there wasn't a boat in the rips, not another soul in the point, just the kid and his fish. Old Norse sailors might have called it witch-wrought weather. He continued casting, and every so often he'd look back at the hefty snow-covered striper. He stuck his tongue out to catch a few flakes, and he glanced over his left shoulder to see if anyone was coming around the corner of the light. Part of him hoped that another fisherman would join him and admire his catch. Another part hoped he'd have it all to himself. He dragged the fish up the hill alone at dusk on a length of clothesline he carried in his bag. The shingles were starting to lift on the corners of the old white house at the top of the road. A stop sign wobbled in the gale. It's the end of another season, and I wonder where the boy has gone. Thanks for listening to Angler's Journal. fishing hole and you know I brought a pole and line. Caught a 12 pound steelhead on a fly, me oh my, and I brought it on home for supper time. Many fish bites if you got good bait and here's a little tip I'd like to relay well with my pole and my line. I'm a going fishing, yes I'm going fishing and my baby going fishing too.